Star Wars 7x7 episode 2516. So I'm circling back to finish a what to watch now discussion that we've had. In the past this year, we talked about the first three parts of the Clone Wars series, not just the Clone Wars, just Clone Wars from Gennady Tartakovsky. And the reason why I was reminded of it was because of an action figure I stumbled across at a flea market, which I will explain. Punch it. I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So I happen to be visiting with my in-laws and took my father to the local flea market that he likes to roam around in, poke around and stuff, and heck, I like checking this stuff out as well, especially when you stumble across some interesting Star Wars things, and I stumbled across a you know, little plastic container that had a bunch of action figures in it, and if you're watching the YouTube version of this, then you can see me holding up an Anakin Skywalker action figure from Attack of the Clones, which apparently had a magnetic removable arm for when Count Dooku lops his arm off, and the arm wasn't with the rest of the figure in the bin, but I thought, well, it's kind of interesting anyway. So 50 cents later, <laughs> I'm the proud owner of it. And thinking about Clone Wars, the ending of that Gennady Tartakovsky series, which would be season three when it was originally published back in 2005 or in broadcast, I guess, debuted, but published, it was online <laughs> and is now showing up as episode two of volume one, I think on Disney plus odd numbering system. But be that as it may, the second half of that final season is really a study in contrast and incredibly so. On the one hand, you have the Separatist attack on Coruscant and the plot to kidnap Chancellor Palpatine, which is the typical over-the-top ridiculous action and lasers and battle droids and clone troopers just, you know, ultra action essentially and then on the other hand you have the Nelvon warriors who have been disappearing and Obi-Wan and Anakin are off on this planet by themselves and there's basically a spirit quest of sorts that Anakin has to go through which is going to be the thing that substitutes for him taking the trials and becoming an official Jedi Knight. And it turns out the Techno Union has a presence on Nelvon, and they are experimenting on the Nelvon warriors and trying to create these, you know, mindless rage beasts out of them. But thankfully, Anakin, in going to, you know, try to find uh, the Mother's Cry in the wind and, you know, all of these things where he ends up in a cave with geysers and seeing these cave paintings kind of become two-dimensional animations and coming to life explaining what has happened to the Nelvon warriors and the Nelvon people. I mean, it's just, it's beautifully done and the juxtaposition between the two animated stories is just spectacular that they were able to do both as well as they did you know it was just really nicely done and I'm glad that I went back and checked out the rest of the series Meanwhile, with the Coruscant situation and the plot to kidnap Chancellor Palpatine, well, you got Mace Windu, who is, of course, flying his Jedi Starfighter with purple accents, right? Purple racing stripes on it to match his lightsaber, which is good fun. And Yoda involved in this as well, and they are doing, you know, spectacular feats beyond which 
you know, there's anything that you've ever seen as far as Jedi wiping out battle droids, legions of them. Yoda actually at one point lifts a whole field of droidicas with the force and throws them up in the air into the paths of a swarm of tri-fighters and creates all sorts of destruction. And then if you remember the landing craft from the Phantom Menace that go down on Naboo, he manages to, you know, make two of them smash together in air and one other one is starting to dispense battle tanks and he pushes the tanks back into the thing shuts it up and then shoots it backward into the path of another one of those landing crafts so astounding feats of force action from Yoda and Mace Windu throughout this thing. Meanwhile, Shakti, along with a couple of Padawan, are tasked with getting Chancellor Palpatine into a bunker for safety, and the chase that happens with Grievous chasing after them, and Battle Droids chasing after them, and then Magna Guards. So you remember the Magna Guards from Revenge of the Sith, the ones with the staffs that spin around and make that crazy buzzing noise? Well, they were first introduced here in the Clone Wars, or in Clone Wars, I should say. And with that same sound effect and everything, and the chase across Coruscant that happens is so kinetic and exciting, and it just, yeah, I can't say enough about it. It is an entirely different type of animation and storytelling from The Clone Wars, but just as exciting in its own right. And even with the space battle that's happening in Coruscant's orbit, so is it Sassy Tin, if I've pronounced it right? ends up getting onto a clone ship and the clones are like, yeah, our ship is toast, it's going down. And he's like, we'll have to get a new ship then. And so there's this scene with clone troopers all in space jetpack gear pouring out of one of the Republic's giant starships and landing in space on a Separatist capital ship. There's, you know, fighting on the exterior of the ship and General Tin gets into the ship and starts slicing droids all the way up to the control room and all this stuff. And like that in itself is crazy and kinetic and exciting. And then in the aftermath of the spirit quest and the destruction of the Techno Union base on Nelvon, after Anakin gets his hand repaired because it was totally destroyed in that situation, they get an urgent distress call from Mace Windu saying, hey, you gotta get back here, Grievous has kidnapped the Chancellor. And so it literally leads right into Revenge of the Sith. And that final episode within season three was released in March of 2005, so it, is really two months until then Revenge of the Sith debuts in theaters and we get to see what happens next in the story. And at the time, as you recall, Clone Wars was considered canon. So this was the story of how Chancellor Palpatine got captured by Grievous and company leading right into the movie, which is super cool. It's the kind of thing that, you know, I hope they consider doing more of. I mean, wouldn't it be fun if there was a you know, an animated series of some kind that led into Rogue Squadron when that comes out in December 2023. I mean, yeah, right? I think that would be pretty awesome. And as we've seen from the Bad Batch so far, even the animation for the stuff happening in space, I mean, it looks about as real as it could. And we're going to actually talk about <laughs> the Bad Batch again a little more very soon. But 
Before we do that, we're just going to wrap up this episode because this is finishing up the Clone Wars rewatch or Star Wars Clone Wars, the vintage series on Disney Plus, which is worth your time if you're looking for something to check out. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.